Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better? Episode 69, dudes. That, that, that's not a reference to anyone's going Of Smart Enough to Know Better, a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. I am Greg Wah. And I'm Dan Beeston. And in episode 69, I will be taking the gluten by the horns. And I will be pointing out why dogs smell your butt. I am going to dissect the five-second rule. I'll look at why scientists are terrified of female genitalia. And the walk of shame becomes an Olympic event for Greg. Oh, excellent. Not just, not just for Greg. Not just for Greg, Dan. Oh, no. Also, I'll be looking at why maybe supping on the blood of the living will be good for you. But before we get to that, what has happened to you this week in science? Well, nothing. Oh, this week I learned all about my thyroid. Oh, how's that going? Uh, not well. Oh. So the thyroid gland is in your throat, mm-hmm. and what happens is that it pumps out these hormones called T3 and T4, mm-hmm. and that's a, a regulatory hormone, and your body needs it. There's heaps and heaps of hormone stuff and balancing stuff that the body does, and then the body sends all that information back to the brain, mm-hmm. and the pituitary gland gets all that information and goes, oh, not quite enough T3, not quite enough T4. Mm-hmm. I will send information to the thyroid to... Get its, it act more, get its act together. Get its act together. Or a little bit too much T3, T4. Pull it back, thyroid. Ease it back. Ease Just back on the accelerator. God, and thyroid. it sends this using a chemical called thyroid-stimulating hormone. Ooh. Or TSH. Right. Okay. In a healthy human being, that should be less than four nano units per litre. Right. A nano unit. Yeah. Oh, that's very exciting. Tiny. Tiny. Mine is 26. Whoa. So over six times the sensible level for anybody. So your body is not putting out enough then. Your thyroid is underperforming by a lot. Yes. You get the brakes on. Dan Beeston has the brakes on. No, no, it's oh. going... No, well, the pituitary gland is going full steam ahead. Oh, I see, right, right, Go right. nuts. Oh, oh okay, yeah, so All more, more damage, more. System. Right, he needs you more. empty. Right, yes. So the doctor's like, maybe your pituitary gland's just gone on vacation. Yeah. So, <laughs> more tests. He's just died. It's just died. It's slumped, I, it's slumped over the controls panels, and it's pushed on the lever. And I now said, the train is running through Dan's body. And I said, well, so what... What, what's this doing to me? Like, this 26 nano units of thyroid-stimulating hormone. Yes, yes. And she says, well, you, you, you'll feel terrible. I'm like, do I? <laughs> She's like, well, maybe you feel terrible, you just don't realise it. I'm like, oh. Or maybe you're just full of rubbish, Doctor. Damn, maybe you'll be a superhero. Maybe you're the next evolutionary step. Maybe. I just said, oh, and have you any, had any troubles with your voice? I'm mm. like, oh, not, not really. She says, well, you know, your, your voice might uh, get better. So, basically... Once we solve this and I start taking the tablet, oh. I will become happier and feel better than I ever have before. And, and have a nicer voice. Voice of an angel. Oh, very good. Thank goodness. Get rid of this terrible squeaky thing you have now. Yeah. Woo! Oh, wait. Wait. What? What are you talking about? Dogs. They like oh. to smell butts. Really? Yeah. Going straight for the ass. First go of the ass. Boom. Dogs asses. Dogs asses. All right. And asses in general. And they just like, that's how they seem to say hello. They turn, they go, hey, how are you going? And they go, we're going to smell of each other's bums. And that seems to be a way of dogs communicating. So they go, hey, how's, how's your bum going? Hey, it's good. It's like gossip for dogs. That's, that's right. What have you been eating? And, 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 and who are you and what's going on in your life and that sort of stuff. It seems, though, 
dogs aren't just dirty bum sniffers. No? No, no. It seems that dogs can smell prostate cancer with an accuracy of 98%. Wow. 98%. So dogs have four times the number of olfactory cells as humans, and so they can, they can detect uh, smells really, 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 so really well. So prostate cancer smells Cancer, cancer has a has a smell. Many many diseases actually have smells. I've heard doctors say that in elderly patients, they can walk into an elderly patient's house and know they have diabetes. Oh wow! Just from the the sugary smell in their urine, just and and of course it gets a bit everywhere and it just changes the smell of the house. Mm. So certain diseases do have certain smells. So these dogs have been trained in Italy and they've been trained to smell the scent of prostate cancer in urine samples. And they've looked at over six hundred samples and they only got two false positives. Uh, no, sorry, they got two percent false positives. Sorry, so ninety-eight percent correct. Wow! And so the people are going, "This is amazing!" Like they knew, well, they thought it would work, and now they're saying this is going to be brilliant. So training dogs to sniff out prostate cancers, they can also detect other cancers as well. Who would have prostate. thought that dogs? would be able to effectively sniff crotches. That's right. That's it. So the next time the dog comes and smells your bum, have a good look at him, because he's sort of like looking a bit sad and, you know, looking a bit kind of, oh, maybe you should get to a doctor. That's all I have to say. If the dog jumps up and puts its uh, paw delicately on your shoulder yes. and just looks at you with mournful eyes. True. Or sticks his dew claw right in your... No. Uh, then... Ouch. <laughs> it's only that's what the dew claw's for. So I've heard. Anyway, dogs so dogs can be trained to detect prostate cancer. That's pretty exciting, I think. That's neat. Can they can they check for thyroid cancer? Um, they can detect for many sorts of cancer. Yes, that, but the the prostate, I suppose. Is... I don't really want a dog to come near me, though. Why not? Maybe I'd rather die of cancer. I don't <laughs> like dogs. <laughs> I, see. I don't like them that much. You don't like it. You'd rather die than let them come near you. Yeah. I see. I see. Officer Beeston, I've had enough of your crap. You're off the case! Two weeks paid leave, starting immediately. You can't do that, Chief. I... Wait, paid leave? That's right. Paid leave, starting right now. Like a vacation? Well, if it's a vacation to have to let this case go and have a next co-workers take over, you know... Sounds like a vacation. And don't even think about striking out on your own to solve this case while you're... I, I, I won't. I'm going to my beach house. Oh. Well, good. You're an embarrassment to the badge, Beeston. Oh, that reminds me. You should probably take my badge. Oh, and my gun. Are you sure you're not going to need these for anything? Like what? I'm going on vacation. Disciplinary vacation. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. I should shoot the defendant more often. You know what's coming up a lot in the media recently? What? Gluten. Oh, yes. Gluten. Everything's ter- everyone's terrified of gluten. Sometimes it might be waiting in your house to mug you and kill you. It, it sounds like terrifying stuff. Yeah. Like, it sounds like the most terrifying thing in the universe. People seem to drop dead from it. Gluten-free sounds like a valuable thing it, to do. I, I, and everything. I mean, yes, I, I, I saw a sign on the internet that said gluten-free haircuts. So that, I thought that was quite funny. But uh, Wow. Yeah, that's how bad it's getting. 30% of people say that they want to cut gluten from their diet. Right. Gluten's a protein. Right. Found in grains, bread, cereals, pasta. And people say that when we... I've heard, that's what this whole... Um, we've debunked, the paleo diet, 
uh, is they say that we can't deal with gluten because we haven't been eating it long enough and mm. our bodies can't process it it's, properly. because yeah, it's processed oh, grain. Yes, yes. That's, that's right. how you get access to all of the nutritional value of those grains is you don't just eat it and then poop out most of it. Yeah, yeah. You grind it up into a powder and absorb most of it into your body. So, so that's why they're saying don't eat gluten because your body's not designed mm. to use it. it. It makes food springy mm-hmm. and elastic-y. So right. bread, bread, when right. you push down on bread and it sort of bounces back, mm-hmm. that's the gluten doing it. Nice. And it makes a nice spongy texture. Now, to start with, there's a lot of health benefits from eating whole grains. Right. We've known that for years. It's very good for you. Folic acid, vitamins, and other nutrients provided through enriched whole grains mm-hmm. are very good for the body. Right. It's on the food pyramid and everything. Great. Great big one down the bottom, grains. Yes. A little tiny point up the top, fats and sugars and heroin. That's a- <laughs> You gotta get your daily heroin. You inject the Very food important. pyramid into your eye. <laughs> if you have a thing called celiac disease, mm-hmm. then you'll have an immune reaction to gluten. Your immune system ris- misreads the gluten as a foreign invader. So everything the immune system scans for is a protein. Right. Wasp stings, bee stings, it's all protein information. Sure. I'm allergic to grass seeds, so if I sit on the grass in shorts, I get hives all over them. Now, grass seeds aren't dangerous, but my body is misreading that protein, and it fires up the lymph nodes and starts filling my body with histamines. Right. Which is an organic compound that works as a neurotransmitter. Nice. Same with gluten. It's not dangerous, but the body misreads the proteins. If you're a celiac... Celiac? (laughs) Yeah. If you're a celiac, an immune response damages the stomach. So the response that it gives you actually does damage to the stomach wall. Right, okay. And that's where the the damage comes from, I suppose. Yeah, so it's long-lasting damage. Sure. Scarring. Over long periods of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you don't want that. Now, on top of celiac disease, there's also what's known as a wheat allergy, Mm. which is a slightly different process but provokes an allergic response without damaging the intestinal wall. They can both be measured by studying the antibodies in the blood. So it's definitely a real thing. Right. Okay. Now, there's also a thing called food intolerance, Mm. the Mm. most famous of which is... Gluten intolerance. Lactose intolerance. Lactose intolerance. Sorry, sorry. Yes. I I like... You're you're very much listening, which is good. There's an eagerness, (laughs) which is good. But lactose intolerance... We've done a sketch about intolerance, gluten and lactose intolerance. Yeah. yeah, We could could put it on the end of this thing. But wait, I have to to find it. We should have to find it somewhere. You you have them all, don't you? You have them all... Somewhere. Saved away in your magic computer. Yeah, magic box. Time box thing. Uh. (laughs) Now, when you drink milk, it needs a special enzyme to break the molecule down into glucose and galactose, mm. which sounds awesome. Yes. It sounds much bigger than it is. Galactose. <laughs> galactose. Lactose intolerant people don't make enough of this enzyme. Mm-hmm. It used to be that very few humans made this enzyme past childhood, mm. but we've evolved so that most people can happily break these molecules into adulthood, although 75% of people will eventually have a drop-off in that enzyme production. We've actually talked about this before. Evolutionary-wise, if you're white, if you're a white, actually not just white, if you're not black, basically if you're not dark-skinned human being, then you are better at dealing with lactose. So when human beings first started in Africa, we didn't really have lactose issues because we didn't drink the damn stuff mm-hmm. and then when we left Africa and moved into Asia and into Europe and into the Americas later on and Australia then those people changed slightly faster and able to handle milk a bit better yeah. as well. Well what happened is you, you go to a place where if you don't drink milk there's not enough energy and food and you die yes. and you don't procreate. So the people who drank milk more survived to have more offspring who yeah. drank milk more yeah. and those who were went all pooey when it happened mm-hmm. Would, they just died. They they die. Yes. So the people who got better at drinking milk, or the, the lines that got better at drinking milk, just 
survived. I just, I just, this image of all these people, imagine these, these, these cavemen and women just sitting there, like sitting at the cave bar going, give me another milk. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Steady on there, Ugg. That's a bit hard. It's a bit of the hard stuff there. No, no, no. I want a big, tall glass of milk. Ugg's on the the warpath today, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, look, I I can't hold that stuff like I could when I was younger. (laughs) Because you're not producing enough of this enzyme. So it's as simple as that. That enzyme hits the fat, and it can break it down. If it doesn't hit the fat, it doesn't break it down. Now, if it doesn't break it down, that's a big problem. Because the body's like, what the hell do I do with this? Yeah. All that lactose. Yeah. What's this lactose? What am I going to do with it? Yeah, it has no idea. And so you end up with uh, <laughs> bloating and cramps, flatulence, diarrhea, nausea, vomiting. Basically, your body just goes, get rid of this yeah. as Purge. fast as possible. Two exits, no waiting. Uh, it freaks out and it just wants it to leave. Yep. Now, it shows at the door in a very, very firm way. Please leave now. We're not finished yet. No, get out. Oh, you're done. You're done. <laughs> you're leave, done, sir. Leave through the back entrance, the servant's entrance. We're, we're, we're trying to break down. Not with that enzyme, you know. <laughs> So a 2011 study of gluten sensitivity found that the TLR receptors in the people who claimed gluten sensitivity were higher than the control group. Mm-hmm. TLR receptors recognise broad patterns of invaders and send out a generic inflammatory response. Right. So they don't sort of go, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. The, yeah. Holy there. crap, something's wrong. Like, uh, Send the warriors. Shoot it? everything. It's like, <laughs> do you feel that? Do you feel like you're being watched? I look, just to be on the safe side, let's just flood the place with a generic inflammatory agent. <laughs> She have to work, you know, good on it. Yeah. But it may not be gluten. Wheat has a protein called ATI in it, which protects it from pests. Mm-hmm. So bu- bugs and stuff like that. Yep. Modern wheat is bred to be... <laughs> modern wheat is bred. Ah, oh, very good. Modern wheat. modern wheat is bred to be more resistant to pests, <laughs> which is awesome science at work. Yes. Just going, wait, these plants have a natural thing to... Oh, plants are off. clever. Yeah. Plants natural are clever. Natural thing to get rid of pests. Let's just breed it so that it does that really, really well. Mm, mm. But it might explain why... There seem to be more people enjoying a diet without wheat if they're not getting the ATI in them. It may be the ATI, not the gluten, which oh, is... Oh, okay. That's actually sending making Sending out feel the bad. G- generic inflammatory yes. response. Now, oh. in response to this study, there was another study from Dr. Peter Gibson at Monash University. He found 37 self-identified gluten-sensitive patients. He removed all potential dietary triggers and then cycled through high, low and no gluten diets. Mm-hmm. His discovery was that none of these people were having a reaction to gluten. Right. Now, here's the fun part. Not, not one. Wow. It's not that there were no reactions. Mm. All of the diet treatments caused intestinal distress, even the placebo. Right. He, su- <laughs> he suggested that the nocebo effect was making them feel intestinal distress. <laughs> So how do you think that the original guy from the original study reacted to this information? I assume he didn't respond very well. I think he went, you're rubbish, it's wrong. Trick question. Oh. Same guy. Wow. He did the first study and then went, actually, I I can't help but feel that I haven't pursued this enough. Yes. And then he did an incredibly carefully monitored study, just really pulled out all stops and did really good science. Yes. And went, holy shit, these people... The, uh, their bodies are making them think something's happening where nothing in there could be making it happen. Yeah. That's a nocebo effect. Mm. So celiac disease is real mm-hmm. and occurs in one in a hundred people. Right. Wheat allergies do occur, mm-hmm. but they only occur in one in 500 people. Right. And gluten intolerance is just your imagination. We're going to get so much hate mail. You know, you're right. That is mean. That discounts the fact that the, <laughs> that the nocebo effect, yes. just like the placebo, is a real effect. Yes. And will still occur even if you know that it's a nocebo or a placebo. Like, yes. 
obviously something is happening to your body yep. and that is your brain telling you that you're having a reaction because you don't just because yeah. there's nothing just because the information going to your brain is imaginary mm. doesn't make the, the brain the responses no yeah that's right you've the real, response a real physiological response but there must be a way around it you can't just go oh well it's something that's going to happen now for the rest of my life the moment you know that it's not real it's not a, it's a real physiological reaction but it doesn't come from the environment it's coming from your head surely must be a way of training yourself out of having that reaction i must expect be. there might be but remember that the placebo effect will work even when you know that it's a, it's only the placebo effect at work yes but only in certain things not all time not for everything yeah. so but the other thing is Wheat does include ATI proteins, can, and can, that can, may be what's giving the inflammatory uh, response. Okay. There, there could be something there. Can I also point out that maybe it's also a cultural thing? We have the culture screaming in every bit of advertising and media, oh, my God, gluten, oh, my God, gluten, oh, my God, gluten. If that's going to make you think, oh, my God, gluten, so that you will freak out and, and go, oh, I'm not feeling well today. It must be the gluten, and your body has this yeah. feedback loop. So I blame society. Yep, uh, and your brain is dumb. And, your brain, and, and once again, your brain is dumb. You know who don't like looking at female genitalia? Hang on, hang on. I'm going to have to think about this for a while. Who doesn't like looking at female genitalia? Um, Gynecologist in an old folks' home? No, well, that, sounds, that sounds like the end of a perfect joke, but no, scientists. Scientists don't what, seem to like... intimidated? They, that, maybe that's it. We don't know. It's not intimidation. They don't seem to like looking at female genitalia. I speak, of course, of the very sexy female genitalia, the one, you know what I'm talking about? The, the sexy, sexy... The labia? The... Oh, no, no, no. I don't mean... I don't mean... I don't mean from... What, the parts of... The, the actual bits of the you genitalia. You know, I just discovered the other day. <laughs> so, sorry to go... Oh, hey, on. Whoa! I'm very excited. Is this, is this something to be put into the podcast. Uh, you always call that part of a lady the vagina. Yes. But the vagina is the internal canal. If you're looking at a lady, you can't see her vagina. Yes. You, you can see her labia. Right. I think, I think that's right, isn't it? That's right. Vulva? Yes. Labia? Yes. I don't know. It's a mystery. It's, it's, anyway. I'd like, to, I'd, I'd like to see one one day. Listeners, that's a... could you send in photos? No! Oh, God, no! Of, no! Of your lady no, parts. No, no, no! <laughs> to Greg. That's smart enough. No, no! <laughs> How dare you, sir? Never! Never! But, no, I'm talking about the very sexy and... and I'm only uh, half-joking. I said, no, no, he's definitely... No, oh, no, no. Oh, <laughs> no, it's all going to end in tears. I'm talking about the sexy lady parts of... Beetles and insects. Do not send photos. No, to... definitely send photos of female genitalia of insects and beetles to Dan at Smart of the Dog. He wants it. In all the studies since 2004... At least, at least cover them up with carapastes. Oh! Oh, very good, very good. Very There's been uh, some research done. There's like a meta, a meta study of genital research into into bugs. Because let's face it, male bugs just have terrifying penises. Like oh, they, they look like rhinoceros heads, and, 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 and they and they have like claws on them. And they backfill, and oh god, they're terrible, terrible. And they and, and when the words traumatic insemination get added together, two words, oh, traumatic, traumatic insemination, insemination so, is when they don't even they don't even touch the vagina. Stab, they just stab through the side. That's right, and they then, just fire at it. And, and the female speed. the female can actually die. I'm not talking about that, though. We're just talking about the research and all this sort of stuff. It seems that over 10 years, when researchers look at genitalia of bugs, they just look at penises. They talk about the evolution of, of the genitals. What they're saying is the evolution of the penis. 
And they sort of say, oh, well, to begin with, they thought, oh, well, it's because the female genitalia wasn't evolving as fast. So the male was changing faster, and the female, therefore, female wasn't, therefore the male was anyone worth looking at. But that doesn't make, that any, make sense. any sense at all. No sense. It, Why would it change if the... Bingo! Yeah. Give that man a big hoop. If your, square, if your square block goes into a square hole, there's no reason to change it into a dodecahedron with a big spike on the side yeah, and a, and and a, a shotgun and a pneumatic saw <laughs> and a lightsaber and oh the terrible things so anyway it's been it's pointed out so they're trying to work out why there's a male female so why there's a male bias and not a, uh, a female bias so originally it said that the female wasn't evolving as fast which is rubbish and then of course they said oh um, it's much harder to see female insects genitalia and that's the people saying no that's actually rubbish too it's just as easy uh, as looking at the male Genitalia. I imagine finding a male an insect's penis is pretty tricky. Work well, as well, sometimes they're huge, but that's that's, that's sometimes as long as the body. But surely then the things. then the vagina would be massive too, Not like necessarily a get, quarry. No, no. One, no <laughs> once again, when you have the words traumatic insemination, you don't no, need yeah, to worry true. about it. You just yeah. need to have a wall and and the will to go through it. So anyway, so it's basically ha, ha, ha. and <laughs> the will to go through it. Like a willy to go through. Uh, sorry, I was. I thought, sorry, I, I was six for a moment. <laughs> so basically, it just seems that it's a male bias. And what's interesting, you might be sitting there, listeners, going, "Oh, bloody male scientists!" And they're not looking, want to look at, only want to look at the penises of other men. But I suppose yeah, that's because that's that's what men like. That's to what do. men like to do: hang out and look at other animals' penises. But. It's supposedly no, it's even the female researchers just don't seem to research female genitalia in insects as much as they research male genitalia. Like to the point of like 80 to 20, like 8 to 10. So, so 1 to 5, there you go, is, is gives females to male. It's crazy. But there's no real reason. No one knows why they don't do it. It's just always a cultural thing. They've always looked at male genitals and bugs and they've never looked at really female genitals and bugs. And that's considered fine and dandy. Maybe it, the- it always starts as a joke. What would you like to do? Well, really? I'd like to look at bug cock. It's like, ha, ha, ha. Actually, that's not a bad idea. What? I was just kidding. No, no. I want Here's to a $10,000 grand. <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty sure the science says that cocks are funnier than... Well, yes, yeah, yeah, something like that. Is that the? I, I have no idea. Midge I, I, I knew this would go down badly in the end. So the anyway, the, the uh, Dr. Ab- Andrew Barron of the Department of Biological Sciences at Sydney's Macquarie University says there's no reason for us not to be looking at female bugs' genitals. So get to it, listeners. Get as many pictures as you can of female genitals and send them immediately to Dan at SmartEnough.org. Dang it. I went on a hot date last night. Really? How'd it go? It went very well. <laughs> How very well? Very, very well. <laughs> How very, very well? Greg, stop it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to divulge personal information, okay? Oh, okay. Okay. At least tell me what base you made it to. Base? Yeah, you know, first base, second base, third base, home run! Oh, uh, definitely a home run. Rubbish. You struck out in a foul ball. How did you know? Well, while you were at the wicket, I was in the commentary position. Ew. There are many rules in life. Many. Don't run near the pool. Or with scissors. Or with scissors. That's right. Be nice to people. 
So. There is one particular rule, mm. the five-second rule. Oh, Are you familiar with the five-second rule? I've heard of it. I don't follow it. The five-second rule is that if food falls on the floor, <laughs> yes. that you got, if you pick it up within five seconds, mm-hmm. that's not enough time for the bacteria to get onto it. That's just rubbish. Absolute rubbish. It has to, of course it has to be rubbish. Yeah. It's one of those things. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's got this weird idea that, that bacteria is not everywhere. You're crawling in bacteria right now. It's just on you. It's on the floor. It's everywhere. Five-second rule sounds like rubbish. Yeah. It's absolutely a real thing. Oh. Some scientists did the research. Not real scientists. Fake ones. Real scientists (laughs) did the research, (laughs) and they found that when they were dropping moist foods like Mm -hmm. half-eaten gummy bears and pasta, Mm -hmm. cooked pasta on the floor, that if they picked it up before the five-second point, that there was much less bacteria moved onto that pasta than there was after a minute. After a minute, there was ten <laughs> times as much bacteria. There's a big difference between five seconds and a minute. Yeah. There, there are but, many... But it's more than a factor of ten. It would keep growing. Yeah, yes, You drop all the food and, and it would and oh, start okay. with zero. Oh, so you, don't mean, you mean you left on the floor for a minute. You picked, after five seconds, picked it up, and then a minute later, you checked the amount of bacteria, and it was a lot more bacteria. No, no, no. You no. pick it up after five seconds, and yes. there's only a little bit of bacteria. Right? Yes. And the other one that you dropped at the same time, you leave it there for a minute. Yes. Covered in bacteria after a minute. Right. So if you pick it up really fast... Less bacteria gets so, onto the food. No, that's fine. I can, I can accept moist that. food. I can accept that. That's, yeah. that's fine. But that still, not the fi- that still doesn't mean the five-second rule is good. So is there any difference between eight seconds or ten seconds? So what you're trying to say, well, is, uh, is a five-second a magic number? It's not a magic number. Uh-huh. It's not like there's a leap, but it, it is very much a thing. So the longer you leave it, it's a lot The longer you leave it, You call it, it the one-second rule or the, or the seven-second rule. It doesn't, I, I don't understand yeah, why but, this is the thing. Well, because I, I thought that if you dropped it on the floor, that's it. It's gone. That, all, the, all the bacteria that's going to get on that food is just going to go stick to it as so, soon as it hits. <laughs> but they climb onto it. Yeah, yeah, they move. They, they yes. climb onto it and they're like, oh, this looks all right. And they climb. I know it takes and, time. Yeah, and it takes time. So, and I come from the other point of view. Like, I, I, when I was at school, I have a very strong memory of being at school and I got bullied and this guy came and he grabbed my sandwiches out of my hand and he threw them in the bin and all these kids laughed. And, <laughs> Greg's lunch has been thrown in the bin. How hilarious are we? And I was kind of looking at them, like, I really had no idea what was going on because I was away with the fairies as I was as a child. And... I stood up and I went over to the bin and I picked out my sandwiches from the bin. They were half open because I was eating one of them. And I picked it up and I ate it. And everyone freaked the hell out. Everyone in the four-mile radius just went, Oh, my God! He took a thing out of the bin! You just increased the radius, too. And uh, what's your entire listenership. <laughs> it was just one of those weird things of... of I just couldn't... And they were just... Everyone just freaked out. And at the time, I was like, Hang on. You just threw it in the bin. The bin is not necessarily a worse place. Like, my, like I just couldn't, none of it made sense. It's a paper bin more than anything else. And I just went, I'll just go get it out and then I'll eat it. And it, like, you haven't done anything. I, I could never work it out. So what I'm saying is coming from the other side of, yes, there's going to be bacteria on it, but I couldn't see there'd be any, suddenly wouldn't be like terrifying pathogens on there after 10 seconds. So just, ah, well. Ooh. There might be someone who disagrees with you on that one. <laughs> a researcher, a molecular biologist by the name of Eric Schultz would tell you that eating food off the floor is a bit like playing Russian roulette with your gut. Right. You see, the problem is that our shoes carry fecal bacteria all the time. They do. I'm constantly crapping on my shoes. 
It's not like that. It's oh. just that there's poo everywhere. There is poo, like, and it, it mostly on the ground. Like it, it, it lands. Like unless it's aerosoled. It's going to be oh. a, uh, true, oh. but it's going to be around toilets. Yes, especially public toilets mm-hmm. and stuff. Walking around with that on your dogs feet. butts smelling dogs butts. Mm-hmm. If that gets into your system, all sorts of terrible stuff can happen. Yes, and it only takes a, like ten microbes of this stuff. Same with you know salmonella and that sort of guff. And the thing is, it doesn't really matter how much bacteria you're ingesting because the thing is. Your body's a great place for it to, to oh, yeah. grow. It's warm and it's wet yeah. and it's so great you dark. Have, you have, you know, 20 molecules or 200 molecules. Yep. It's just going to grow. Right. And it's only going to take another minute to do that. Mm. So we have bacteria going into it. We're swallowing bacteria right now. We eat it with every bit of food. It goes into our bodies. There has to be a certain amount, a certain load to make you sick. True. So you, can, you might have 2,000 in your, in your gut, it's picking a number out of nowhere, but that might not be even close to the number you require to, to get somewhere bad and do something bad. Mm. Yeah, so it's not, once again, having bacteria from things... Is... Of course, these numbers are only for dropping moist food onto mm-hmm. things like lino right? concrete. Yes. If it drops on a carpet, there's so little surface area that it's not really a problem. Right. So you can pretty much eat whatever you want off the carpet. <laughs> but... Yeah, you are playing Russian roulette because <laughs> yes. if you get enough of that fecal bacteria in there, then you uh, will get very sick. Right, makes sense. So I always thought the five-second rule was complete garbage. Yes. Turns out there's actually... A kernel of truth. kernel of truth. A kernel of truth with some microbes on the side of that kernel. Ew. <laughs> I'm going back to my bubble. <laughs> Every second of your life, you are getting older Daniel Beeston. Oh, I know. It's driving me nuts. Getting older. I hate it. We're getting older. And listener, you're getting older right now. You're older than you were before. And you're older now. And you're still older. They might be giant song. And they, yes, well, that, yes. I am I'm paraphrasing it. They might be giant song. But, yeah. but I am also pointing out your inevitable demise. Oh. And it seems like science has the answer. <gasps> science can maybe help you. You only have to drink the blood of a young person. Dad, get back in the room. <laughs> I'm going to find a young person. There, I thought There's the, one in the next room. <laughs> the younger, the better. Oh. So, so I mean, I, mm, there's, there's a lot of schools out there. <laughs> so, it's... Uh, the, hello to my uh, brother and sister who have both recently had uh, babies. <laughs> um, I'll be visiting soon. <laughs> After some dental work, it seems that there is some connection between the blood of young people and rejuvenation of old people. Now, this, before we move on... Oh, this is a Stephen King story. This this is bad news on every level. We'll get back to that. Just think about that for a moment. But but for individuals, it becomes less and less bad the more that time passes. Yes, that's right. It sounds awful. Basically, lots of running around at the start of your life and then not so much at the end. Well, you are because you're chasing other people at that point. Anyway, the point is that lots of research was done in the 1950s on this, looking at young animals and old animals. And then now in in the 2000s, the 21st century, they've done the same thing. And... There's been some more research done recently, uh, since 2004, done on the same thing. And it's just come out. It's been released. And it seems that your body still has the same number of stem cells in it as it did when it was younger. Okay. So there used to be the idea that your stem cells would die off or, or would turn into something else. So your stem cells are the pre-cells. It's like the cells that turn into your muscles and your bones and your brain yep. and that sort of stuff. And they, the idea was, oh, well, you didn't make any more of those and they just got used up. Once they used up, that's what aging was. Your body could no longer make more things because the stem cells weren't. That's one of the ideas of aging. Yep. It seems like it's total bunkum. It seems also, like- your uh, DNA 
has like little protectors, like the plastic Telomeres. on the end, the end of yes. shoelaces, and they get shorter Aglets. and shorter. Aglets. Yes. And when those start to unravel, then your DNA is stuck. So that's slightly different. Every time the cell replicates, turns into another cell, it almost cut, cuts a bit off the end of it. It gets shorter and shorter and shorter. There's only so many times it can replicate before it dies. Aww. That's a slightly different thing here that we're talking about. This is talking about stem cells. Yep. And it seems that, no, in, the, in mice, it's all based on mice, by the way. So we haven't gone to human trials Baby quite yet. Mice. Baby mice. They injected the blood of, of young mice into old mice. And they actually found that the older mouse's sense of smell got a lot better. Their heart became a lot stronger, and they became generally more well because the hormones in the baby mouse's blood would activate the stem cells of the older mouse. Ah, it'd be like lawnmower man mice, (laughs) just getting super powerful and gaining psychic abilities and stuff. Who moved my cheese? This is a big problem. I mean, I like the research and the idea of, so what they're saying is not the blood itself, it's the hormones in the baby mouse's blood telling the old mouse's body to behave in another way. It's basically saying, hey, you know those hormones you were talking about before in your thyroid? Yeah. It's giving a whole new instructions to the body. Young instructions. Hey, remember how we used to behave? Behave like that again. And the body goes, we can do that. We actually have the machinery. We just didn't have the hormones, the instructions telling the body what to do. Oh, wow. So it does seem to be a connection here between using young blood into old animals. Now, now, this is a problem for humans because, let's face it, as you get older and you start getting up more powerful and money and that sort of stuff that some people do, you know, I just don't know if we should trust the elderly and the powerful with the notion of using young people to remain more powerful and, and more physically fit. Isn't that what the baby boomers are doing to Generation X? Well, that... Just in general? Do you like socioeconomically? Is that what they're doing? Damn it! Oh. Approaching the drop zone. You'd better put on your parachute. Don't need to. What? I'm wearing a giant electromagnet. When I turn it on, it will interact with the Earth's magnetic field and slow my descent. Sounds awesome. Well, it's time to turn it on. We're approaching the drop zone. Ten four. Welcome to the Walk of Shame. It's that time again, the time of science. And you've got one for me, and I've got about four for you. Woo! I've got one for you. Talking. Well, I go first. Oh, 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 okay, fine. At least I did some sense of back, back and forthing until you run out after one, and I've got heaps to do. Scott points out that your pronunciation of Thor's hammer is totally wrong. You were calling it Mjolnir. 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 Yes. The correct pronunciation is Mjolnir. <laughs> so the difference between the two is almost imperceptible to the No, 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 there's a y. There's a miol. Miol. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Okay. In fact, I'll show you. I'll show you. This is how it's supposed to go. Mjolnir. 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 You're like, Mjolnir. No, I was saying Mjolnir. And it's almost exactly the same. So Scott can go to buggery. Seriously, are we coming down? Are we coming down to pronunciations? Man who says uh, Pikachu. Shush. Man, um, Pikachu. Seriously, are we honestly going to do look, that? Is this what we're doing in Walk of Shame? Is accents and had, local <laughs> dialects and how things change? We had a discussion about it at the time. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, no, no, because you, you were saying like, Majolna. You were saying yeah, Majolna, which is so totally wrong. I was saying Majolna. And where I got Mjolnir from is actually from a Scandinavian person who I worked 
worked with when I worked at a place who told me the, how to pronounce it. So maybe she said it differently. I'm just going to point out. So Fair enough. All right, cool. Not going to walk for that one? Not walking for that one. Plenty more where that came Pl- from. I, I'm happy to walk for many things, not for the way we say words. Because people all over the world say things differently. Yeah. People have different ways of saying their wards. <laughs> so, sorry, Scott. I love you. I don't know who you are, but I love you. But you're wrong. Dang. Yeah, you do. He's you, like Scott. Your best friend, Scott. Oh, Scott. Our friend, Scott. Oh, Scott. Our friend, yeah, Scott. Oh, yeah, he yeah. got to definitely get a buggery there. I can. <laughs> the one that you got wrong, you were talking about your astigmatism. And you made a comment that you're, in your eyes, yep. uh, that you have an astigmatism, and it was a warping of the retina. Uh, a astigmatism. Yeah, that sounds yes. right. And what rot, what total rot. Really? It's total sent in by a listener, by fault, who's in the forums. It's not the retina. Nothing happens to the retina at all. It's the cornea or the lens at the front of the eye, not the back of the eye. The retina is the thing that the, the image is focused on. Yeah, yeah. And the cornea and the lens are the things at the front, and that's there warped, and that's the astigmatism. Is it? Yes. Oh. So the, there we have it. That was so like a... So where was I getting that from? I don't know. All right. But there you go. That's what astigmatism is. It's a not changing of the retina. There we go. That one is a walk of shame. Damn it. It's been a while since I've had to do a walk on a science thing. I know, I know. Jeremy from Kansas caught the fact that you said that Sedna was in the Cooper belt. Oh, yes. But, and then I said it was in the inner Oort cloud. Yes. Now, Sedna is about 76 astronomical units out, and the Cooper belt stops at around 50. By the way, we're we're talking about pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, all right. Kuiper belt. Kuiper belt? Kuiper belt. Kuiper belt. belt. Not the Cooper belt. The Kuiper belt. And also, we could, yes. Hanging with Mr. Kuiper belt. K-U-I-P-E-R, but there's probably some weird way of pronouncing it, but people call it the Kuiper belt. Kuiper belt. Yes. Now, it stops at around 50 astronomical units. Sure. So you're about 26... Astronomical units short. Fair enough. Which isn't that far. <laughs> you said... That's about the distance oh, from... Hang on. That's about the distance from, roughly, a Saturn to the Sun. Roughly. So it's probably about seven out, seven or eight out. Mm. So that's a big distance so, yeah. to be out. But I'll, I'll wear that. I will wear that. Now, Imagine I was Kansas. talking about... Uh, I was talking about Sedna and VP113 yes. being... In the same neighbourhood, you were saying, and that you said you confused. They're me. both dwarf planets orbiting around a common axis, and I and I said, uh, yeah, I think uh. so. Now, if you go back and listen to that recording, yes, you can actually hear a little voice in my head going, "Tell him you don't fucking know, Dan. Uh-huh. You don't fucking know." It surprised and another me. Part just going. Nah, it's fine. No one will notice because mm. I'm an idiot. Apparently, it, it, it did. It did confuse me because the idea that you had two large planetesimals moving around each other around a common orbit, Pluto, Pluto and Charon, and I hadn't heard about it, was really quite surprising to me. It seems though the whole story we just totally balls up. That one you're talking about? Yeah. I think that one was one of the worst walks of shame we've ever done. Uh, uh, and that's well, not just me. More. It's not just me. That's you as well. Yeah, I know. As, as I'm, in, as, I'm, it's I just, was terrible. We just got it all wrong there. I got a bit, because I was so excited. Yes. And he points that out. Uh, admittedly, I was very <laughs> excited to get to my silly letters. Right. Yes. Um, sure. Now, Sedna is only a companion insofar that their orbits are fairly close. Sedna is 76 AU and VP113 is 80. So that's, that's yeah, but, a fair bit of space. But also, they could be, just because something's orbiting in a roughly same area, they don't have to be anywhere near each no, other. No, they're nowhere near each they're, other. They're just they're, in a, a, a similar, similar area so orbits. At, at, the, at their closest point, yes. they'd be four astronomical units apart. Which is crazy distance. But that's not very often. And also, or it's, it's once a very, every it's, 76 years, I guess. It's a very large... No. No. Right. No, 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 it's Stop not. Then. No, it's not once speaking. every orbit yes. of Sedna. Yes. Yes. It all depends how fast they go. 
They could be a, a resonance as well, which means that they might never get too close to each other. They might, they might have a hundred to one, or it, it might be. Anyway, it doesn't necessarily have to work the way you're thinking. They yeah. always have to go around once. So, yeah, they, they're not travelling at the same speed. No, necessarily. no. And in fact, they but won't. They, they won't. The further you go out, the slower things travel. Yeah. Oh, Kepler, that's Kepler, kids. So it's not going to be travelling. Mm. So, but yeah. they are eventually going to pass at their closest uh, point. Yes, at some point. And that should be, and that'll be on the same plane. If, 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 oh, I'm not even going to say that. I don't oh, know. Look yeah. into it. Because we're, we're getting Pluto out of it. isn't. And that's right. This is what the problem. So I don't know enough about these things to say how, uh, what's the angle of inclination is. So, so we finally got to the point where both of us are just going, I don't know. We don't know. And that's very important. And that's fine. We don't should actually, just make stuff up. What we're going to do, actually, for that one, do you, if you actually want to find out what the heck was going on there, because we really stuffed that one up, just maybe listen to that uh, podcast, the Nature Podcast, which we'll put in the show notes. Yep. Now, Jeremy mentioned that the IU has rules about what you can call dwarf planets mm. further from Chad than Neptune. Yes. They must all be mythological and a deity from a creation myth. Yes. So, what's out there? Uh, Haume, Maki Maki, Pluto. Not always creation, so Pluto's not. That's, 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 they're no, they're, that's gods, the world of the, one, they're gods of the dead and things like that. Maybe the ones past Neptune have to be creation. Yeah. I'm not going to argue. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Now, yeah. he says that we weren't letting the facts get in the way of starting a frivolous feud with another podcast. <laughs> but, as I point out to Jeremy, yes. if you know anything about a good feud, it's that the facts get left on the side of the road very early in the Absolutely. journey. Absolutely, and it just gets down to calling him fat. Yeah, and and then, and your mama. No one remembers no. where it all started. Why are you gun- why are you firing guns across the valley at each other? We always fought. fired guns. We always at the fought the good podcast. old nature boys, nature girls, nature boys, nature girls. They sound like nudists. Now, oh yeah. <laughs> oh god, the nature boys, the nature girls are here. Oh, the dogs are sniffing everywhere. Now, if you didn't like the Mjolnir one, oh no, I didn't like this. No, one. I didn't. But Deborah points out that you said that people from Perth yes. are the Perthians. Yes. She said that many of us prefer to identify as Perthlings. Thank you very much. <laughs> really? And really? Yeah. Perthlings. Perthlings. Perthians or Perthicans? Yeah. No. It's like Briz Vegans, isn't it? Or Briz Vegans? Briz Vegans. Radaladians. Radaladians. <laughs> it's okay. If you want to call yourself. Bury me. <laughs> if you want to call yourself Perthlings, that's up to you. I'm not taking a walk of shame for it, but that's great. Fair enough. And Steve sent me two frames of a Thor comic book where it states that Thor's hammer is controlled by... Yes. Nanotech. Woo! And it emits gravitons. Yeah! I honestly had no idea. I didn't know. I I don't care, Dan, because comics get rebooted all the time. I much prefer lots and lots of little... Quadcopters. Uh, quadcopters. I like yours much, much better. I bow to your superior comic book. Comics are getting too serious. Too serious with real science. I want some crazy stuff. Because it's kind of like when, like you know, Doctor Who talked about science, and humans go, "Oh, so is it? Is it just like? Is it just like a, a magic carpet lifting the whole tiles off the ground?" And the Doctor goes, "No, it's nothing like that. No, if you hey. you don't even understand how it could even be. Oh, forget it. You're just idiots. Why can't you just say that? Why can't Thor just go?" You have no idea. Is it Higgs bosons? Yeah. <laughs> no. Hit it with a hammer. Metachlorians. Yeah, metachlorians. Look at how that ruins yeah, Star Wars. Oh. Magic. Yes. Magic. It's, or just go, it's science so advanced, it's indistinguishable from. End of story. It's the Force. It's, Shut up. That's right. And fight people in hats. <laughs> Plastic hats. <laughs> this has been the Walk of Shame. If you hear Greg has made a terrible mistake, please contact Dan at smartenough.org. And when you hear Dan make the inevitable gaffe, get on to greg at smartenough.org. I really like 
the song I have picked for you this time, and myself. Actually, I didn't pick it. It was sent in by a listener. Ooh. Uh, oh, now I'm enthused. <laughs> yeah, now Sean, Sean sent it in, and it's not necessarily scientific, but I still think that it's a good one. It's a little bit old. It came out in 1995. It's been around for a while. It's by a band called The Arrogant Worms from an album called Say Cheese, but C-E-S-T as in French. Say Cheese. Say Cheese. And the song is called History is Made by Stupid People. Ooh. Scott became famous for freezing to death in Antarctica. Columbus made history thinking some island was in Dia. General Custer's a national hero for not knowing when to run. All of these men are famous. And they're also very dumb. History is made by stupid people. Clever people wouldn't even try. If you want a place in the history books, then do something dumb before you die. Nobility are famous for no reason. Mary Antoinette enjoyed her cake. Caused a revolution when she would not share And her husband lost his head for that mistake The Hindenburg was a giant zeppelin His makers made a minor oversight Before they filled it up with explosive gas They should have fixed the no-smoking light Cause history is made by stupid people Clever people wouldn't even try Remember, you should be quite grateful. At least they are not making history. Oh, history is made by stupid people. Clever people wouldn't even try. If you want a place in the history books, then do something dumb before you die. Do something dumb before you die. is made by stupid people. They did manage to list off a number of really foolish ones. I didn't realise that Custer was a national hero. That's a, our Americans in the South should probably tell us that. Well, that's a dumb thing to... Like, all we know about him is that he made yeah, a last stand last and got stand. killed by Indians. Yes, that's well, yes, because he's probably fighting for the good white way or something. I don't know. People write in tell but us. doing badly at it. But but he might have killed a lot of Indians. But people that were, Back then, that was probably a pretty cool thing. People oh, went, yay. So. So anyway. yeah, they, killed, they called them Indians back then, too. Well, yes, that's right. Not, not Native Americans. Native Americans. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it, yes, it's, I, I just thought it was, it was this very upbeat song about a very dark thing. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty poppy. Dun, 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 dun. 
That makes you want to go to war, doesn't it? That's all game marching. Sorry. Or at least play American football. That's a, indeed. Thank you very much to Sean King for sending it in to me. I finally used it. He sent it to me probably quite a few months ago. I've been putting it off. That one, I went, today is the day. And we all got to share in it. So thank you. Brilliant. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. Also, Greg at smartenough.org. Rate us! Rate us! Rate us! Do it right now in your head. Five, 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 five. I'm hearing lots of fives coming in the airways through time. And now, take those fives, take them to the internet, take them to iTunes, and rate the heck out of us! And write a little review as well. If you'd like to follow on what we're doing, check out our Twitter account, SE2KB, or you can go to Facebook and find us at SE2KB. Fantastic. We still need, ladies and gentlemen, your favourite parts of the last four years of Smart Enough to Know Better. Dan is toddling off to climbs unknown to learn how to say Mjolnir properly. Mjolnir. Properly. That's where you're going. That's not where you're going. You're going to the place of the Scandinavian areas? Iceland. Yay! Oh, is it? there you go. Not, not necessarily. Oh, fine. But I've got that wrong again. But anyway, yes, so we, we need to know what you like so we can put it into a best of podcast we've got some but not much we need more ladies and gentlemen i did a little search on youtube the other day yes just because i went oh well i need a video for some reason on youtube just to figure out some embed code i did a search for smart enough no better Mm -hmm. and i found a bunch of stuff Yes. If you do a search for Smart Enough No Better on YouTube, yes. uh, you could you could see video of us losing our Occam Award to another podcast. <laughs> but also, we've had some listeners. Oh, there's something from 612 Brisbane from years ago. Yes. We've had a listener called Ragnar Sadie, mm-hmm. who uploaded the entire of episode 58, our interview with Peter Boghosian, <laughs> right. onto YouTube. Right. Here's a picture of our Smart Enough logo. What? And another guy called Rob Nesvik, Uploaded the In the Big Sea song, the parody wow. song. Oh, there you Just go. chopped it up themselves and yes. got our logo and uploaded oh. it to YouTube. Oh, thank you very much. So uh, there was a time where I used to get sort of upset about that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Like I used to have a, a webcomic and then someone ripped it in, stuck it into a s- subscriber thing. And mm. I was like, oh, what do I do? I am totally cool with you guys. Spread chop, the word. Spread the word. <laughs> chop up the podcast right, and put it in. Make sure you put the link on, though, back to us, though. We'd like to say, say who we are. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. But you know what? I just love that you guys are taking this and going, oh, we love it so much that we want to share it. It's brilliant. Good. I'm very glad. Had a very nice interaction on Twitter. A listener got onto uh, to message us, uh, Matthew Croucher, his name is, and which I can say because it says on Twitter and it says his name and it's also his, um, yeah. says his handle, so don't think he minds. And he wrote to, self, he wrote to us, note to self, don't listen to the at SE2KB podcast while doing weights. I nearly dropped 65 kilograms on my head whilst laughing at a pun. Yay. I favorited it and then retweeted it. And a day later, he writes back going, why would you favorite this, you sadist? <laughs> so, so we do read it. We do, and we, we like read to it respond. All. We like to respond to you listeners. If you have something to say, please get and talk to us. And unlike other podcasts, we want to know from you. We want to hear from you. We do actually mm, like We rely on you for half of our content. We really, really do. And as we always say, history is made by stupid people. That's us, not you. Ronald Reagan wrapped a ridge of Riley rapiers. What are you talking about? All tongue twisters have to start somewhere. <laughs> or, and deities from a creation myth. Oh, they're coming together finally. Just wait for a moment. <laughs>
really hoping people would write in and make all like you just mix baseball and cricket. <laughs> I utterly, utterly mix the two together. We know, listeners. We know. <laughs>